SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. They're going to respond after losing by 57 points, right? So I understand that, but we're talking about OKC. We're talking about a team that's got literally two wins in their last basically 20 games. I mean, they've covered the spread only like five times in that span. They are just terrific. They're losing every single game by double digits. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Opposite. Welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Wednesday, May 5th. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well. Right here on an Opposite Picks Wednesday. Well, more phoniness from uh, Major League Baseball. Dodgers lose again and again. Uh, Curry shoots lights out, literally. Uh, What's a black cloud does in DeGrom? Dopey, stanky fans have a short memory. Move over, Aaron Rodgers, you have company. Are you kidding me? Uh, Our daily bad beat watch, opposite picks. What do the following have in common? And uh, sorry, I never saw the movie. We'll get to all those stories, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on a uh, Wednesday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. How about that? What's up, LLs, loyal listeners? <clears throat> doing anything special on this uh, Cinco de Mayo day. I'm not sure what, what does that signify, uh, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve or Independence Day for, for Mexico. I, I You know what? I should know this stuff at this point, but uh, I never was at the big Cinco de Mayo stuff. But it is today. I do know that because you get all the sales and we're having all the big tacos and all the other nachos and everything else planned for, for later on tonight. One of the few family functions that we're actually doing tonight. Um, that all said, uh, they were partying at Stanky Stadium last night. Uh, we got the baseball galore. Wow, what, what's going on with the Dodgers? They lose a doubleheader against the uh, Chicago Cubs. That in itself isn't that bad, but they have now lost uh, 12 of their last 16 games. They're tied for second place in the National League West. Wow. Again, you know, at the beginning of the year, we all figured they were going to win right around 100 games or so. You know, whether you thought they were going to go over their number or not, that was debatable. But we paid them for right around 100. And when everything is said and done, they, they may still end up winning 100. But uh, not too many people figured they would be 17 and 14 after 31 games, especially after they got off to that great start at 13 and 2. But man, they just can't get out of their own way. Uh, they just find more and more ways to lose. And, you know, in, in a lot of it's, it's not even competitive games. So, you know, somebody scored that. That's maybe the most alarming thing. You know, they're not, although the Cubs did walk off the nightcap yesterday, but, you know, they're losing 7-1, to 3-1, to 5-3, 8-7. Uh, they're being outscored. They're being outpitched 6-1. It's not all, you know, 5-4 or 4-3 in the case of last night's game, walk-off uh, wins for the opposing team. It, it's been the Dodgers have been playing like crap. Uh, it, it really is amazing how bad they are, 17-14. and 14. Most teams, okay, they would take that, but not, not L.A. Kershaw yesterday going one inning. One inning. 
Shortest outing of his career. He gets yanked after giving up 50 zillion runs. Wow, amazing. All right, opposite picks on this uh, Wednesday morning. Here's Truly Scott Wetzel sitting in, as we always do, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. So we got a lot to get to. First meeting between the Stankies and the Astros and uh, the few fans that were allowed in Stanky Stadium let their feelings known. We got the Bucks beating the Nets again. Very surprised about that. I wouldn't be that alarmed if I was a Nets fan, all five of you, but... You know, just, you know, they lost back-to-back games against the Bucs. It doesn't look like they're going to catch the 76ers for the number one seed. Uh, It's not so much that they lose home court advantage in the Eastern Conference Finals as it is they're going to have to go through now Milwaukee and Philadelphia. If you're the number one seed, and this is really where the number one comes into play, it's not home court advantage. It is you're only going to have to play one of those two teams. Because you got the big three, and they're going to finish one, two, three. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Philadelphia. Figure out how they're going to all figure uh, end up. But if you're the one seed, you get to play theoretically the Knicks in the second round, while Philadelphia and the Nets, or Philadelphia and the Bucks, or whatever the case may be, are playing in the second round. So let's just say you're, you're Philadelphia right now. You're sitting in the number one spot. You know, while you're taking on the the Knicks, you, you're going to win that series easily. Philadelphia or uh, Milwaukee and the Nets are beating the crap out of each other. You don't have to face. You only have to face one of those teams. If you're in the number two or number three slot, you got to win that series, and then more than likely you're going to have to win against Philadelphia. That's the significance of not finishing number one. It's not home court advantage. I don't think these players really care about that, especially this year. It's knowing you're going to have to go through two monsters in the East, and it does appear that the Nets are not going to win the, the number one spot. Did they lose again last night? Uh, they had the, the big two, not the big three, but they fall two games behind now. Philadelphia uh, with, what, six games left. They're 43-23. and 23. Bucks are three back. Chances are they're not going to catch them. So you're looking at a Milwaukee-Brooklyn uh, Nets second-round series, and now Brooklyn holds the head-to-head tiebreaker, so they would have a home court, and they've beaten them now two times. Are the Nets really, really trying? I don't know. Who who knows with these teams in the NBA, right? I mean, you'd like to think they are. You'd like to think they'd have some pride and would not want to lose back-to-back games against Milwaukee, but you never know. It, it's still the Nets. They still get the best you know starting lineup in, in all the NBA when everyone's healthy, and I do expect the Harden to be healthy for the start of the postseason. But uh, tough, bad beat watch. We'll get to that. We got the baseball. We got the hockey scene. Everything else all going on. Opposite picks on a Wednesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Just like that last one. Middleton. Oh, he's had the hot hand in the fourth quarter, Jim. Up top, Giannis. No, Middleton took it himself (laughs) and finished it himself. But the Bucs win this two-game series in Milwaukee and Jimmy the Bucks go 124-118 and Giannis in the three games against Brooklyn this year averaging just shy of 40 points a game you're listening to opposite picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio Sirius XM channel 204 
Man, we'll start with the uh, Bucks. Why not? And um, uh, Brooklyn Nets uh, last night, game two of their uh, two games in Milwaukee in three game uh, sequence they had there. Bucks do win a one twenty four one eighteen. Bucks Radio Network there with the call. I do believe uh, as uh, Drew Holiday had twenty three, Kyrie thirty eight. You know, maybe the most alarming thing about that, if you're a Nets fan, again all five, is that Durant played well, thirty two points, eleven of twenty two shooting. Kyrie played well. 14 of 25, 38 shooting this game. Last game, KD had 42 points. And the thing they had in common, both games, both losses. Now, again, no Harden. And they figured to have Harden by the time these teams would meet in the postseason. But, you know, you got two monster games out of Durant. You got a monster game out of Kyrie in one of the two games. And you still couldn't beat Milwaukee. I still think they're the better team. I still think they would prevail. But, Got to say, uh, uh, does give the Bucks a shot in the arm, knowing that they were able to beat them back-to-back. Uh, the Greek freak was really not Greek with 36. Uh, Middleton added 23. Holiday added 23. Uh, DiVincenzo had uh, 10 as they put four players in double. Uh, Forbes uh, had uh, set 14, so they put uh, five players in double figures. Uh, Bucks went at 124-118. I didn't think that would happen. You know, you can't take, as I've told you many times, you, you can't bet Brooklyn that game. You you just don't know. Um we could sit here until we're blue in the face and talk about how it's better for them to be the number one team versus the number two team, as we outlined there at the start. But you get no sense that this team really cares about that stuff. All they care about is getting the, the postseason underway. And then we'll find out for real. So you're really at the mercy of uh, whether they have any interest whatsoever. Hornets beat the Pistons 102-99. That's a tough one. Not tough in that they were leading by a lot, but... What a Pistons just absolutely suck. The Hornets laying four and a half. You would have thought for sure, at least I did, that they were going to win that one relatively easily. You know, they're playing for a playoff spot. They're hoping to get into a top six position. They got to secure a top 10 spot. Looks like they've done that, basically. At this point, they'd face Boston in the first round. I don't know if they're necessarily afraid of that if they're whacking them the other day, but man. Eh, you got to beat the Pistons by more than three. They weren't even close to covering, so uh, 102-99, Charlotte wins it. LaMelo ball with 23 points. Maz blow out the Heat, 127-113. Hardaway with 36, uh, as Miami can't get out of its own shadow. Pelicans, to me, surprised the Warriors, 108-103. Now, a lot's got to be made of this, but... Uh, I, I would give the, you know, you wouldn't be giving the Warriors any credit if this really had any significance whatsoever. Early third quarter, actually late third quarter, about three and a half minutes left, the lights go out. And then, isn't it funny? You know, we kind of joked about that yesterday, right, with the St. Louis Cardinal game. And I was saying, you know, what would happen if the pitcher was already in the, in the windup as the pitcher nearly was? And I said, well, you know, what would happen if he actually threw the baseball. What would happen if the guy actually hit the ball and, and the ball's like in play? You know, when, when does the play officially stop, right? We kind of joked about that. If the ball is about to go over the fence for a home run, all of a sudden the lights go out, does that not count? <clears throat> you know, does it go by when the umpire says, okay, no, no play, or does it go by the lights going out? I didn't have time, or I forgot actually to look that up, what the official rule is. So, what happens a day later after we talk about it? Same thing last night in the Pelicans-Warriors game. Same exact thing. It's late third quarter. Warriors are up, I think it was 77-71. Not in complete control by any stretch. But, you know, having a, a, a four, five, six-point lead. Steph Curry's about to go up. In fact, he did go up. He takes the shot. In midair, lights go out. <laughs> 
Now, it only went out for about a second or so. When the lights came back on, the ball was right around the free throw line. So I'm assuming he didn't hit that shot. But just as we were kind of joking yesterday, would that shot have counted if he hit it? Um, no one complained, so again, I'm guessing he missed, but what if he made it? You know, would the Warriors have a leg to stand on by saying, listen, he shot it already. So, you know, I know the lights went out, but it went in, you know. Uh, very strange. Two games, two different sports, two nights, the lights go out. Uh, so what? hockey is next, right? We had baseball yesterday or two days ago. We got the NBA last night. Pick a hockey game. That'll be a new uh, bet on FanDuel. You know, which game will the lights go out for a second? They all obviously have been listening to our program and knowing that I bought a generator or our podcast members that we talk about quite a bit. So that all said, Warriors are leading by six at that point. Steph Curry, two more points the rest of the way. He had 35. He finishes with 37. Final 16 minutes, he goes 1 of 11 shooting, including missing a 3 to closing seconds when they were down 2 and he could have had the lead. 0 for 6 from the arc. Now, the delay was 1 minute. I mean, literally, it was like a timeout. You know, So I really don't think that had any role whatsoever. Uh, you'd be giving the Warriors no credit you know, if you said the lights going out for a minute is, is what derailed them. But it is kind of weird. Steph Curry on fire for 35 points, and then he can't hit the broad side of the barn after that. You know, he's aiming for 40 points. <clears throat> you know, big game for them. They're up 6, 77, 71. I don't know why. You know, I mean, listen, if it was a five or 10 minute thing, I get it. You're out of sequence. You, you know, you're, you're not, 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 you're tired, but, you know, you stop playing. It's kind of like halftime. Then maybe I could understand, but not a minute. You know, you're standing around for a minute. You dribble the ball. Like I said, it's, it's basically like a timeout. No, no big deal. So, but it is weird how he had 35 points up until that point and then two, two the rest of the way. Big loss for the Warriors there. You know, it's tough beating the same team twice. I get that. But you know, that New Orleans team, after the loss two days ago, basically were eliminated from postseason contention. Uh, they're three back with six to play. Um, you know, the Spurs are struggling. Uh, they've lost four in a row. That's the team they're trying to catch for the number 10 spot. But, you know, that loss two nights ago, that that was the dagger. So for them to be able to beat Golden State <clears throat> last night, that that's that's a, that's a bad loss for the Warriors, who dropped to 33-33. and 33. They are now in the number eight hole uh, percentage points, basically, ahead of the Grizz. Uh, who are 32 and 32. So uh, really a tiebreaker. They have the same, you know, winning percentage 50-50, but that's, you know, that that's big. You don't want to get into that nine hole because then you lose that game and, and you're done as we've talked about. So bad 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 loss for for uh, Golden State, which uh wasn't in, in a little bit of control. Uh Kings beat the Thunder 103-99. Is this a tough one? We were all over the Kings last night. Um they were leading by not uh, they were leading by double digits. They weren't leading by like 15, 20 points the entire game, but they were in control. They were leading by 10, 12 points the entire game. And I knew once that was the case, eh, we were in trouble. Yeah, you don't even against OKC, you don't go wire to wire unless you're winning by like 24. They weren't leading by, I think the most they were leading by was 15. And uh they only win by four, laying five. Kid missed a free throw in the final seconds that would have gotten us to push on that one. Uh, but instead, they win by four. Man, that's a tough one. Clippers knock off the, the Raptors 105-100. Uh, 
Raptors aren't winning, but they're covering, oddly enough. Uh, Fred Van Fleet with 27, uh, Paul George with 22. So the Clippers, uh, you know, holding on hope uh, for uh, the number one seed still in the Western Conference. Probably not happening, uh, but uh, they're down four with six games left. I suppose, more importantly, they're trying to, I, I don't know, maybe they are trying to get the number three spot. Maybe they'd rather be number four. I don't know. It all depends on who you'd rather face, Phoenix or the Utah Jazz. Which, If you had your druthers, which one would it be? Where are the Lakers going to end up? Really, you don't know where you really want to be, believe it or not. And then, of course, we got the Phoenix Suns and the Cleveland Cadavers. Phoenix, 13-point favorites. That is our bad beat watch of the game. We'll break it all down when we come back. Office of Picks, Sports Good Radio, Sirius XM, 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is the SportsGrid Radio Network. Backs up. Five on the shot clock. Booker to get a running start. Toward the basket. Tough shot. Got the roll. Wow. Man. Osmond finds Okoro. Okoro's watched by Torrey Craig, who's back in the ballgame. Okoro in toward Bridges, banks, and scores! Isaac Okoro has 32, and he's tied this game at 114. Bridges with the block, out comes Chris Paul. Now it's Booker. Booker on the run, lays it up and lays it in. Booker has 31, does get it off the rim. Love had it knocked away from behind by Ayton. He twists it away to Chris Paul. Bridges, open, fires, Suns by five. Your final score tonight, Suns 134, Cavaliers 118 in overtime. Got to let the cat out of the bag on that one, but that's okay. Uh, opposite picks on this uh, Wednesday morning, 26 past the hour. Yours truly sitting with our bad beat watch. We got to get this sponsored. Uh, you always take out one game, although there generally are two or three, but one game in particular seems each night that uh, if you play with the boys in Vegas, really gets the blood pumping, which is, I suppose, what it's all about. And oddly enough, it was the Phoenix Suns and Cleveland Cadavers last night. Suns laying 13. Suns coming off a game in which they darn near lost to OKC, the biggest waste of human flesh in basketball uniforms west of the Mississippi, right? So you got to figure they're going to come out strong against Cleveland. And, then, you know, that, that happens to certain teams, as we mentioned yesterday in our opposite picks. Uh, but, you know, it, the, the really good teams respond the next time, right? So we we expected a full monster effort out of Phoenix tonight. Uh, you know, they're battling the Jazz for the number one team uh, in the uh, West, the Clippers to a lesser extent as well. They're trying to cash our 16-1 to Phoenix win the uh, Pacific Division uh, ticket that we had. Uh, a few months back, so uh, I'm expecting a big effort. Cleveland stinks. We all know that. They're just playing for ping-pong balls, not a playoff spot. So we're going to lay to 13. After one, Suns leading by six, 30-24. All right, not bad. We'll take it. At the half, Suns leading by six, 59-53. All right, not bad. Well, that's, I, I, like I said before, I'd almost rather have this be a competitive game this way, the team that's leading takes it a little bit more seriously. You know, we, we've been burned so many times by you know, backdoor covers, right? And I'm okay with a – prefer maybe a 9- or 10-point lead, but that that's okay. 
after three, it's down to two, laying 13. And now, now we're in a little bit of trouble. Now, now we need a monster fourth quarter. We've seen it happen before, so not that that big a deal, but we'd little like to stretch that thing out to about a 12-point lead, but it is what it is. Fourth quarter, back and forth they go, waiting for the Suns to turn it on. It's up to two. It's up to three. Uh, it's up to seven. It's up to seven at 105.98 with five and a half minutes left. Okay, not bad. We got a shot here. Uh, then all of a sudden the cadavers uh, come alive. They hit a couple of buckets. It's back down to two. Uh, 114-112. We had no shot. We need overtime for a prayer, and we're laying 13. So we are deader than dead, uh, cadavers. Uh, they tie it, does Cleveland, at 114 with 24 seconds left. I had a three-pointer, and we're in a lot of trouble now, right? All right, we, we're, we're hoping that the uh, Suns are going to miss. I mean, who misses in the NBA at this point? Nobody. You know, when, when you're dealing with 150 to 150, nobody. We're, wait, we're, wait, we're counting out a defensive stand just to have the slimmest of hopes. Uh, Devin Booker with an off-balance, god-awful shot as Cleveland actually plays some good defense, misses badly, and we go to overtime, tied at 114. But we're laying 13. You know, we're laying, um, you know, two, three, four. We definitely have a shot. You're laying seven, eight, even nine. You, you know, you, you guys, I've seen crazier things happen. 10, 11, you're stretching it. 13. Well, this would take a miracle for the Suns to cover 13. I mean, this has basically been a competitive game. We've been waiting for the Suns to flex their muscles the whole way, and they really haven't. It's been a single-digit game throughout. So I'm not expecting Phoenix to win by 14 uh, or even 13 for the push in a five-minute span, right, after Cleveland has played so well. And Cleveland has to be inspired because they tied the game late and stopped Booker from winning the game. So they're the ones that are going into overtime with a lot of momentum. Well, let's just see what happens, shall we? I don't know. They, they put this on my script, but I, I don't know how they, they gave me this game to run down our bad beat watch because, again, Phoenix Lane 13 tied at 114 with five minutes left uh, as we go to overtime. Not looking good. Kevin Love enters the game for the Cadavers. That may have been the kiss of death. All right, uh, Phoenix gets the basketball after the uh, Cadavers miss. Uh, Devin Booker, two-point shot. All right, they go up two. No big deal. Uh, Cleveland misses again. They get the rebound. They miss again. Thank you, Kevin Love. Uh, Phoenix gets the ball. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, a three-pointer. They're up five. 119-114 with four minutes left. All right. You know, that's uh, no big deal. We're kind of getting hope, but we don't want to, you know, we don't want to get too much hope. We don't want to have our, our hopes dashed. Uh, Phoenix steals the ball. Mikhail Bridges, two-foot dunk shot, 121-117 with 3.42 left. Hmm, now, now, you've piqued my interest here, but not 13. You know, six, seven, eight, yeah, not 13. Cavs turn the ball over again after a block shot. Chris Paul makes a layup with 3.11 left. All of a sudden, they're up nine. Just like that, less than two minutes in. We got a shot. Cleveland misses another shot. Jared Allen, 18-foot jumper, no good. Suns miss. Get the rebound. Cameron Johnson, a three-pointer. We're up 12, 126-114 with 2.19 left. 
Nah, this can't happen. No way. Could Cleveland actually not cover a 13-point spread heading to overtime? No way. Cleveland, Colin Sexton, turns the ball over again. Bridges again. Three-pointer with a minute 46 left. And all of a sudden, the Suns are not only leading, they are covering 129-114. They're up 15. Wow. You got to be kidding me. Cleveland actually scores for the first time in overtime with a minute 35 left on a Sexton dunk. To cut it back to 13. All right. You know what? If you told me right now I could get the push out of this thing, where do I sign? Right? I mean, heading to overtime, laying 13. I'm up 13 with a minute and a half left. You want to give me the push? Where do I sign? Cameron Johnson with a three-foot dunk. And uh, the Suns go back up 15, 131-116 with a minute left. Okoro from the Cadavers misses again. Cleveland ball, or uh, Suns ball. Ah, Chris Paul turns it over. Ah, fudge. All right, back to Cleveland it goes with a minute left. Dean Wade entering the game. Broderick Thomas entering the game for Kevin Love. They pull out all the starters. Now we're at garbage time. Now both teams have uh, resolved themselves to the fact that Phoenix is going to win. Cameron Payne, Jalen Smith, Tyshawn Alexander. Who are these people? In the game for the Phoenix Suns. All right, we're going to need some help then. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's name. Uh, Kevin Gelly, whatever the name is, whatever it is, hits two free throws. We're down to 13 again with 53 seconds left. Uh, Javon Carter makes a three-pointer for the Suns. Back up to 16 now with 42 seconds left. Oh, my goodness. Are they going to actually cover the spread? Cleveland, one last possession. Jumper, Jeremiah Martin. Maybe well be, you know, Jeremiah Jones here. Uh, no good. Suns rebound. And they run out the final 18 seconds. Wow. And Phoenix wins 134-118. They cover the spread. As a 13-point favorite in overtime. That doesn't happen too often. One, it actually helped us. Two, you know, again, five, six, seven, eight-point dog. The last thing you want is overtime. I mean, you know, in this case, you know, you're rooting for the Suns to hit that bucket, Devin Booker, at the end of regulation, right? But you still feel, I mean, 13 points. They scored four points in the uh, overtime session, did Cleveland, four. They were outscored 20-4, to four, and Phoenix wins and covers. Wow, that's a bad beat. We've had some bad ones before. I did, this wasn't a Hail Mary, half-court shot, meaningless jumper. Those things suck. This is a methodical, you're in the game the whole way. Uh, it's, it's not like they had a great rally and you were dead. I mean, it was a competitive game the whole way. There was nothing there, I don't think anyway, that made you think that Cleveland was not going to show up for the overtime. Like I said, they, they're the ones that tied the game with about 25 seconds left. Uh, they're the ones that stopped Phoenix in their last uh, possession. So Cleveland had all the momentum going into overtime. It's not like they were leading and the Suns scored and the the, the cadavers were drained emotionally. I mean, 
they, they just couldn't hit the broad side of the barn. And they turned the ball over 15 times in overtime. Wow, that one sucks. Welcome to gambling. You know, that 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 should be our sponsor. Uh, some hotel should sponsor that, you know. Welcome to gambling. You know, welcome to IHOP. Welcome to, you know, Best Western or whatever the case may be. Welcome to gambling with Mr. Vegas. That's a toughie. Lay in 13 and we get the cover in overtime. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Always nice to have one of those go your way, you know? Nine times out of ten, they go the other way. But uh, fortunately, last night it went our way. I will take a break and a little pop quiz for Stanky fans. That's coming up next. Opposite Pick Sports Good Radio, Sirius XM 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Uh, Yankee Radio Network there uh, with the call. As uh, Oh, actually, it may have been uh, Madison Square Garden or Yes Network. Uh, that may have been it uh, as well. As they yeah, booed Jose Altuve in the Houston Astros last night. Stanks win it 7-3, fell behind 1-0. Stanton with a two-run homer. Uh, Stan actually uh, living up to his paycheck for one of the rare times. Four for five, three RBIs, one run scored, hitting close to 300, actually doing a halfway decent job so far this year. Stanks get the win. Altuve, uh, he went 0 for 4. Bregman did go 2 for 4, including a home run. Uh, really, those two, Guriel, uh, I think Alvarez was on the team also, but there aren't that many guys still on the team from 2017. But, you know, all right, so Stanky fans had some fun. I guess about 20,000 or so they allowed in the stadium last night. Uh, you know, a lot of them brought signs and this and that. You know, you're cheaters, cheating this, cheating that. You're a bunch of cheaters. We haven't forgotten, you know, pictures of garbage cans and all that fun stuff. So, you know, that's all That that's all good and, and uh, whatever. You know, all, all innocent fun. No one got thrown at, uh, which was good to see. I was th- thinking there might be some bean balls and stuff. I don't know how serious the stanky players themselves actually take this thing, but you know, I I, I thought in honor of that, we ought to do like a, a little pop quiz for the stanky fan, right? Just to you know show how much we appreciate the 
their passion for playing on the up uh, upper level of, of uh, you know uh, righteousness and and uh, you know winning uh, you know yes is important but you know most importantly winning fair and square that that's what really I think the Stanky fan was saying last night that they'll accept losing you know that they've gotten their ass kicked by the Red Sox they'll accept that but uh, they're more upset about the Astros because the Astros cheated that's the thing that really irks them they cheated right. So, in honor of the Stanky fan, we figured we'd have a little pop quiz. What do the following people all have in common? Uh, Alex Rodriguez, Andy Pettit, Roger Clemens. What do you think? Um, All former Yankees? Yeah. Yeah, 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 they are, but that's not quite what I'm looking for here, but uh, close. Uh, all former Yankee World Series winners? Uh, yeah, yeah, they are, but not not quite what I'm looking for. Let's see, I'll give you a couple of more hints. Uh, Jason Giambi, Robinson Cano, Melky Cabrera, Francisco Cervelli. What do you think, Yankee fans? Anything kind of, you know, what do they all have in common? What's the common theme? Anything come to mind? Nothing? Really? How about Gary Sheffield? Jesus Montero? Jose Canseco? Anything, Yankee fans? Matt Lawton? Chuck Knobloch? Anything, Stanky fans? Hey, what, what can they all possibly have in common? Nothing, huh? Can't quite put your finger on it, huh? Jeez, Alex Rodriguez, Pettit, Clemens, Jambi, Cabrera, Cervelli, Sheffield, Montero, Canseco, Lawton, Knobloch, later on Cano. You can't, can't figure it out, can you, Stanky fan? No, you know why? Because you're blinded by all those dumb posters you brought to the stadium last night. All cheaters, all Reuters, all Stankies, all cheating. And that doesn't even include the cheating druggies, Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, and their cocaine leader, Steve Howe. We'll leave those aside. But these guys, all cheating. The hypocrisy of the stanky fan is just unbearable. I mean, you got to be kidding me. And, of course, the four-letter network, or the Mopes at Yes Network, they weren't, they weren't going to bring that up. No, God forbid. So let's get this right, Stanky fan. Let's just, you know, put it on the table. It's okay for the Stankies over the last 30 years to have a gazillion cheaters by sticking needles in their ass with steroids. That's okay. But when the Astros try and steal some signs, and I'll admit they push the envelope, uh, you know, a little bit further than everybody else. But when they do that, oh, my God, they're cheating the game. They won a World Series. They took MVPs away from us. They took championships away from us. That's not fair. We want to bean them. We want to throw things at them. We want to bring signs and boo them and this and that. Oh, God, the righteousness is just sickening. Are, are you? I mean, I'm not saying this as a Red Sox fan. I would be saying this as a Stanky fan. I would. I mean, like, you know, how could you how could you yell and scream at the Astros for cheating when we've had nothing but steroid users up and down our lineup winning World Series left and right? What are you kidding me? You want to tell me everybody was doing roids? Okay, but that doesn't stop the fact that they were cheating. 
not everybody, everybody was doing roids. And I, I would venture to guess just as many teams are trying to steal signs as players were using steroids. No. Uh, again, not to the extent maybe that the Astros did. I'll grant you that, you know, taking pictures and beating on drums and stuff. But I got to tell you, and I've mentioned this before, if you're too dumb to realize teams are stealing signs when you got some clown in the dugout beating on a garbage pail, I mean, this is not exactly, you know, 2021 high-tech technology here. I got a guy beating on a garbage pail in the dugout. I mean, how more obvious can you be? That's not cheating. That's throwing it in your face. We're taking your signs. We know what's coming. I mean, I blame the Stankies and the Red Sox and all the other teams just as much as I do the Astros. And no one called that to the carpet. Maybe they did. Maybe baseball said, well, I don't care. Uh, but, you know, again, th this is not like flashing signs that we got your sign. You know, no one else can know that we have your sign. We're beating out a garbage pail in the dugout. For you. you could hear it when you watch the highlights of the games. What, what did they think they were doing? So the hypocrisy of it all. You know, the Yankee fans sitting there like they're queen bees and never have done anything wrong in the history of their franchise when they are the most, uh, you know, ridiculed and abused steroid team in the history of sports. It is just, you got to be kidding me. I mean, up and down. How many World Series did they win? And they even forget about World Series. How many teams did they knock out in the playoffs that maybe would have won World Series, but they didn't because they got beat by the cheating Stankies? I mean, really, it's just mind-boggling that nobody would bring that up. I mean, the Stanky fans, how do you explain that? How do you justify that, Stanky fans? That you could have cheaters... And they don't don't make any mistake about it. Sticking needles in your butt with steroids—that's cheating. You're cheating the game. You're cheating the fans. You're cheating the opposition. You're cheating. Whether it's stealing signs or putting something in your body, cheating is cheating. And and to come across so high and mighty last night, and as I'm sure they'll do again today and tomorrow, and I don't know how many other times they're going to face them that uh, they'll be doing this. To, you know, the booing and stuff. I mean, it, it's just—you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, you got to be kidding me. You won World Series after World Series after World Series with uh, steroid users in your lineup. I, I mean, it's it's a joke. It's just it's an absolute farce. So Yankees win seven to three. I'd probably bet on them again. You know that they have a little bit of momentum here. Um, you know, counting on and or uh, counting on um, you know mental small person Zach Greinke last night was probably asking a little too much. He's not exactly the most stable. So even though there are only 20,000 people in the stands, you know, if he pitched tonight, second game, or tomorrow, third game of the series, maybe not too bad. But they expect him uh, to handle the pressure. You know, he imploded in the very first inning after he was given a one nothing lead. Uh, he gave up three runs in the bottom of the first, and it could have been a hell of a lot worse. But he got a double play grounder that, uh, you know, kind of killed the Yankee rally. But asking Zank Granke to come through in a big-time spot, pressure a pressurized spot, uh, you're asking for trouble. So uh, we kind of figured that the uh, the Astros would lose yesterday just because of, uh, of that. Hopefully they'll get a little uh, uh, revenge, uh, if you will, later on tonight. Cubs knock off the Dodgers 7-1, game number one of their doubleheader. Kershaw goes one inning, gives up a gazillion runs, 
Uh, we, we talked about this before. Four runs, uh, you know, barely got out of the first inning. They yanked him out to 39 pitches. A lot of pitches in one inning. It wasn't happening, obviously. Um, little surprise they did that because that was game one of a doubleheader, albeit seven-inning doubleheader. But I figured they would have said, all right, you got to take one for the team here and, you know, get through two or three, four innings anyway. But uh, you don't want to screw around with Kershaw, I guess. And then the Cubs knock him off, uh, walk-off hit in the bottom of the seventh, uh, game two, four to three. Boy, the Dodgers are just scuffling. I, you know, they're still obviously going to turn it around, but again, 14 losses already. Most people figured that would be about a two-month total, not not a month and a few days. Uh, Giants knock off the Rockies 12-4 in the first of their two, uh, and then the uh, Rockies win the nightcap 8-6 uh, to six in seven innings. Red Sox, our beloved Red Sox, beat up the Tigers 11-7. to seven. They were leading 7-2. Tigers actually cut it to 9-7 before the Red Sox uh, scored a couple of more in one. Boy, this Tiger team is just brutal. Just brutal. You know, we do a pyramid of plays in uh, hour number two of our show, and we list the best NBA play, the best hockey play, the best baseball play, the best uh, prop. <clears throat> and then we also have a category of you're just going to play one, right? And uh, we gave out the Red Sox yesterday, and I'm not preaching about that, but it's just there are certain times in sports that if you're smart, as we like to say, if you really are just interested in winning money, not having action, not having the thrill, uh, not staying up late at night, you know, because you got the, the Raptors plus eight, you know, ju- you just need to win money. You hate sports, don't like sports, don't want to watch sports, but you love making money. You got to keep going against the Tigers right now. That two and eighteen, their last twenty, and what's great about it is they actually were six and four. So their overall record is not atrocious, atrocious. You know, if this was the first twenty games of the season and they were two and eighteen, then you know the Lions would be probably three to one. But they actually were six and four, so they're eight and twenty-two. Nothing to brag about, mind you, but. You know, it could look worse. So you're still getting modest numbers. You know, Red Sox last night at home with their best pitcher are only minus 175, 180 favorite. So, man, you just, you got to keep betting against the Tigers. Even the Wetzel Black Cloud on our beloved Red Sox couldn't stop, uh, you know, uh, Boston last night. This Detroit team, Miguel Cabrera grounds out a double play in the eighth inning. That killed the Tigers' rally. <clears throat> they are awful. Uh, just the worst team in baseball. By far. Nah, I don't even think it's close. That's how bad they are. I will right, we'll wrap up our number one with our poll question. That is next in honor of the Stanky fan. Opposite Picks, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, poll question time on this uh, Wednesday, May 5th. In honor of dopey, stanky fans crying about the Houston Astros cheating scandal, uh, when you think steroid cheaters, you realize I should have wrote, when you hear steroid cheaters, or you think, I guess, uh, you think Alex Rodriguez, Roger Clemens, Jason Giambi, or the proverbial other. Now, I know 
by putting other there. I left the door open for some of you mopes to put in some Red Sox, even though none of them have ever been uh, found guilty except for uh, Stephen Wright. Other than that, uh, nothing. But uh, that said, I like to be fair. So, so far, early on, just posted a little while ago, uh, 53% say Alex Rodriguez. Uh, yep, uh, that, that's where I'm going. Jambi, 14%, uh, Clemens, 7%, and then the proverbial other uh, getting uh, 25% of the vote. So, go to your opposite picks feed, get your vote in. We'll update that a few times uh, in our number two. Uh, Bubs tweeted in Barry Bonds. Yeah, you know, like I said, I was really more – Trying for stankies, but uh, Big Mac, you know, Mark McGuire, okay. Ben Johnson, Stephen uh, Gilmore uh, tweets in Ben Johnson, okay. Not too bad, the Olympian. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cybo, man, that's uh, Mick from Minnesota, Big Poppy. All right, Mick, take it easy, brother. Take it easy. Uh, he's never been found guilty, and that's what we care about. Got a couple of new followers on Twitter, which is always a beautiful thing. Like to give you guys some props. Uh, HOF, Hall of Fame Joel, is now following us, and Lance Alston is now following us. So if you want to follow us, it is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. I will take a break. We got to finish up our number one here. We got some more baseball stuff to get to. We got some more NBA stuff. Uh, we got Opposite Picks coming up next hour. We got all our trends. We put in a couple of plays with our pyramid, and then uh, we put in a new six-team T-E-A-M parlays last night. So uh, we put in two separate ones. We'll see how they did, and if they won, we'll add to it. All that's coming up. It is an Opposite Picks Wednesday, uh, May 5th, right here. Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204.